Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. over your life in Jesus' name. Uh, So I'm going to really just ask you to please be open and be expectant. I believe God wants to do something very powerful and miraculous in this church, in your life. I believe you are here for a reason. You're here because God wanted you here, and God has something for you. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him, God has something for you. Are you ready? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. I invite you. I ask that you do only what you can do. Come and move in this place. Come and activate God's word in our lives. Lord, I pray this will not just be words. This will be spirit. A release of your power a release of your grace in the lives of your people. Let today be a new beginning. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Today I'm going to be speaking on what I call the door to your next level. The door to your next level. I will not just teach. I will prophesy. I'm going to speak into your life. Because I believe sitting here are many people who need to go to the next level. Sitting here are many people who have dwelt in the same place long enough. You are at your level and you have stayed there too long. You know in your spirit. You're tired of your level. You know there is a next level that is ahead of you. But there is a door to that level. You know, if you are a citizen of God's kingdom... God's plan for you is to increase, not just increase, is to increase in geometric progression. You know, just to multiply. You know, it's not just to add, but to to multiply. And there are a lot of scriptures that allude to this about God's plan and heart for his people. Romans 1.17 tells us we must go from faith to faith. If you are in the kingdom, your life must be from faith to faith. And he says... God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. In Psalm Psalm 84, verse 7, the Bible says, They go from strength to strength. Everyone who appears before God in Zion. If you are in the kingdom, you go from strength to strength. You don't diminish, you increase. But you don't just increase, you increase in geometric progression. That is God's plan for you. Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, As we behold God's glory, we also are changed unto the same image from glory to glory. A child of the kingdom go from one level of glory to another. You must increase. That is God's plan for you. Amen. Proverbs 4.18, as if that is not enough, says the path of the righteous 
is like a shining light or a light of the dawn shining brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. Until midday. Your path must shine brighter and brighter. You must increase in every aspect of your life. Whether it's faith, whether it's understanding of God, whether in your finances, in everything God is doing in your life, when God is doing something, he must increase in geometric progression. Now, life is in phases, all right, and levels. You're at a level that, you know, of your life now, but there's always a next level ahead of you, and that's it. And those phases or those levels are separated by doors. That's how it is. Doors are what lead from one level to another. And there is always a door. Forever, whatever level that you are expecting or believing God for, there is always a door that leads to that level. And that's where my message is today. That's why I titled it The Door to Your Next Level. There is a door to your next level. Praise the name of Jesus. And doors are very unique. Doors are interesting. You see, doors really are entrance from one level to the other. In the physical, they are gateway from one room to the other. All right? Usually, you separate room because you want them separated. You put a wall. All right? But if you want access between one room to the other, you put a door. So in one hand, door, they are put in area of separation. But they are installed to control where you want separation, but you also want access. All right? So doors control access. They control access to how many can go in. They also control access to when people can go in. So that's, that's, the, that's, that's door. And the Greek word that is used for door, and that is used uh, especially in the scripture that was read for us, that is used there, is the word thura. You know, it's just generally translated thura, which simply means opening, like a door, or an entrance, or a passage into something. So it is used in the Bible. When it's used literally, it means a door. But you find out that most times when this word is used in the scripture, it is used figuratively. It usually means opportunities that pave way into the next level of life. That's how doors are used. So doors are very, very important. Even in life, in the things of the spirit, doors are opportunities that allows us to go from where we are to where we need to go. Many of us are where we are today because opportunities was given to you. There was a door that was open to you to get to where you are. But also to get to where you're going, there must be a door that, that will open for you. Amen. <clears throat> Somebody must provide you an opportunity. The opportunity must open for you. And of course, when they open, you must be able to step into those opportunities, right? You must be able to walk into them so that you can get to the next level that you went to get to. So I'm going to show you how, you know, some of the places where this was used in the scripture, the word door, you know, that are very, very, that, that, that are relevant to us. First is Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. I would like all of us to read it together. This is 
you know, the Apostle Paul had used us, you know, he was asking for prayer, and he look at how he prayed. I want us to read it together. Let's go. One, two. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. So he's asking them for prayer. So in, this, in essence, he's saying, I have a message. Right? He's not talking about physical door here. He's using the word Torah figuratively. And most of the usages in the, in the Bible, they are figuratively. You know, so he's saying, I have a message, but I need a door, right? You know, he's, he doesn't have a problem with the message. He said, I have a message. We have a message. We've carried this message to every place. We need to carry this message to every place. But we need a door. We need an opportunity. And sometimes that's the story of many of us, right? We have a message. What we need is a door, right? We have the training. We have the degree. What you need is a door, right? Some of us, we have the talents. We have the gifts. We have been prepared. What, what is lacking is a door. What is lacking for you to fully, fully realize your dream is somehow for a door of opportunity to open. And today I'm praying for you that a door will open to you in Jesus' name. So pray for us that God will open a door. I, I declare over your life that God will open doors for you in Jesus' name. In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, this is not a prayer. This is a testimony now. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, he said, Because a great door for effective work has opened to me. And, but of course, he's saying here, and there are many who oppose me. So it was also, it's a testimony, but it's also a prayer. He said, a great door. You know, that tells me also, even doors in the physical, they have sizes, right? All right, look at the door at the back there. That's a bigger door. It's a bigger size door because we want more people to be able to go through those doors, Right? So door, in a sense, they control access, but they control the amount of access, what you need to go in. So in this way, he's saying, this is not just an ordinary door. This is a great door. Hallelujah. And I prophesy over your life, a great door will open to you in the mighty name of Jesus. So it's a great door of effective work has opened to me, but there are many who oppose me. So in a sense, he's still asking for prayer here. So God opened doors for us where he wants us to go. God opens doors for us so that we can go to the next level. You know, in a sense, life is created in phases and levels. So doors become opportunities that usher us into the next level of our life. And that's why we must always pray for an open door. And that's why Apostle Paul asked for prayer for an open door. I'll read another scripture that I, that I thought would be good. Acts chapter 14, verse 27. He says, on arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. So God opens doors, you know, for us in areas where he wants us to get to. Now, let's go to the scripture that we read, Revelation chapter 3, and just look at it a little bit. That scripture is 
very important. Now, this place, this is uh, Jesus talking to John, the revelator. The book of Revelation was written by John, who was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. History tells us he was the last, you know, to die. You know, most of the disciples were crucified. They were killed different ways. You know, it was a time of intense persecution. So John was the guy that they decided, you know what, after they found creative way to kill all of them. Some of them were, you know, uh, uh, were, were crucified upside down, the ones that were burnt to death, the ones that were hung, the ones that were in prison. You know, they were looking for creative ways to kill all of them. I think somebody thought, you know what, let's find another way. Let's just, just throw him in an island. So they put him in an island called Patmos and just left him there to die. You know, you know, I mean, they gave him everything he needed, but they know it's a question of time he was going to die. He died in the island. But while he was in the island, he received a lot of revelations and messages, and that's how he wrote the book of Revelation. Look at what he says here. So in, one, in the opening, he wrote letters to seven churches, all right? Seven major churches that existed at that time, God's word for them. So this is a word that was written to the church in Philadelphia. All right, it's not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Hallelujah. Before some of you run away with that now. So Philadelphia, Pennsylvania borrowed this and became Philadelphia. Amen. Look at what he said. These are the words of him who is holy and true. And he says, who holds the key of David? This is very important. What he opens, no man can shut. And what is shut, no one can open. That's really powerful. And that's comforting. He's saying this is Jesus. I am the one. I hold the key. All right? I have the key. And I'm here to let you know God has the key to your door. He said, I hold the key. Now, what he opens, no one can shut. When God opens a door for you, no one can shut it. And he says, what is shut, no one can open. There are some doors that God actually shut. You know, there are doors that are not bringing you something good. There are some doors you need to keep close, right? Because you don't want an intruder to come in. That's why we have doors, right? You know, and he said, what is shut, no one can open. Now, look at verse 8. He said, I know your deeds. He's writing to this church. He gave them what he can do and undo, then he tells them what he's doing for them. He said, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I love that. Say, I have placed before you an open door because there is a next level. You have been faithful. Even though you have little strength, you have been faithful, you have kept my word. And I want to let you know, I have placed before you an open door. There is a next level that awaits you. Hallelujah. Now, there are seven different scenarios or door scenarios that I'm going to share. Actually, about eight of them. Eight of them. There could be more, but there are eight different scenarios of door that I'm going to share with you today. And after that, we're going to pray. I'm praying the Holy Spirit will help me to go at the speed of light. Number one, most doors, uh, most doors' natural position 
is to be closed. Right? Most door, except you don't, you know, you don't really care. If you don't leave a door or, or you never close a door, maybe you didn't really need a door in that place to start with, right? That is why, really, when we think of a door, we think of a door in a closed position. So most doors, doors separate spaces, right? Now, you want, because each space is different. Look at your house. Each room is different. There is bathroom, right? You want the business of the bathroom to stay in the bathroom, right? And you want the business of the bedroom to stay in the bedroom. So that is why you have to put doors to control access. So most doors' natural position in life is to be closed. And that is how doors of life are too. You know, that's why everybody is in their different place, different level. So doors are there, but naturally, those doors are closed. So that's why in life, for us to move from one place to the other, there must be doors open. There must be opportunities that will open for you to go from one place to the other. Hallelujah. So those doors are, that's why when we need to move to one place or another level, we must always ask God to open doors for you. In fact, open doors are sometimes how we know the will of God for our life. Open doors are sometimes how we know the timing of God for our life. Because when it's time to move from one place to the other, God opened doors. Praise the name of Jesus. The second scenario is that some doors remain closed because God hasn't opened them. We must know that. All right, we must know that some doors in our life, they are closed because it is not time for them to be open yet. Uh, that's why he told, Reverend, he told the people in Philadelphia, he said, I have placed before you an open door. So God has decided this is a time of open door for you. 2 Corinthians 2.12 Apostle Paul says, now I, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found out and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord had opened a door for me. So some doors in our lives are closed because God hasn't opened them. So when God wants you to step into another level in your life, to the next level in your life, maybe in your ministry, maybe in your work with him, maybe in your finances, maybe in your career, maybe in your relationship, you know, he opens doors into those areas for you. So some doors in our life, they are closed for a reason because God hasn't opened them. So there is a question of God's timing. But I have a feeling here today that some, some of us here, God is ready to open some doors for you. That's why we are bringing this message. There are doors that have remained open for a very long time. God is about to open them for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, sometimes, this is the third scenario. God closes an open door because he has a bigger and a better door for us. And that some of us, you know, we are wailing over a closed door when it is God that closed those doors. Alright, close those doors so that you can move into a bigger door, another door, 
And that's why as a child of God, when there are disappointments, you shouldn't always take those disappointments as the enemy. It's good to pray and ask for discernment. It's good to pray and ask and find out what God is doing. Because there are some doors that God closes for a reason. There are some relationship doors that God will close. There are some job doors that God will close. There are some doors that God will just open. There are doors to certain places that God will close for you because he doesn't want you there. And he has a bigger and a better door for you. If you read 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 Kings chapter 17, it's a very long passage. We read a story of, a, of Elijah. Elijah was, there was a farming in the land, a huge, you know, big farming in the land. And the Lord took Elijah to a brook. It's called Brook Terrace. And the Lord fed him there. And the Lord commanded a bird to bring him food twice a day. Now, the brook was a river. The Lord took him to a river where people even didn't know there was water. The Lord took him there. And he had water to drink, right? And the Lord sent bird to bring him food twice a day. And he was there for a while. And at some point, the stream of water dried up. That was a closed door, all right? I mean, you just imagine there was famine in the land. Everybody was struggling. The famine was so bad. But the Lord put his own servant here, and he said, I have made a provision for you. But the same God decided, you know what, it's over. The, the stream dried up, and the raven, the bird, stopped bringing food. And that, let's go, let me read it, verse 7. Some time later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This is Elijah. Go at once to Sarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So the Lord opened a bigger door. Now, this turned out to be a bigger door. It turned out to be a huge testimony for the widow. It turned out to be a huge testimony for Elijah. It turned out to be an account that we read that inspires all of us. So sometimes when doors close in our life, we shouldn't just despair. We shouldn't think, oh, everything is done, I'm finished. Uh, how, how can this be done? No, 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 no. He listened to the word of the Lord. Look at what the word of the Lord came to him to say, I have made another provision. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, when a door closes, it is because the Lord has a bigger door. Forget about those closed doors. Ask God for the bigger door. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. But we also find out some doors are closed because the enemy keeps them closed. So that's why we need spirit of discernment, right? We, this was taught in the Bible study a few weeks ago, I heard, which, you know, which blessed a lot of people. Some doors in our lives, they are closed not because God wants them closed, you know, not because they should close, because the enemy is preventing us from stepping into the next level in your life. You know, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, Apostle Paul said, We wanted to come to you certainly. I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. So he didn't describe this as God. And there are several times when Apostle Paul would say, I wanted to come, but the Lord didn't allow me to come. 
In fact, if you read the book of Acts, if you read his account, Acts chapter 16, he wanted to go to a number of places. He said, the spirit of the Lord stop us from going. You know, and that's how he ended up in Macedonia. And they had a dream, and the Lord said, you know, uh, he, he saw a man from Macedonia that is welcoming them, and he concluded that a door was open in Macedonia. So he went and preached there. So there are a lot of ways you will know that he knew in this sense that he needed to be there. The Lord wanted him to be there, but Satan blocked his way. There are times when Satan tried to block our door. You know, the door is open. I'm sure you've experienced that before when you were kids. The door is open, but somebody is behind the door, right? You check the key, it's really open. It's not a question of the key. It's a question of somebody at the back of the door, right? Preventing the door from opening. And those times are when we need spiritual warfare. Amen. Those times you need, you know, two or three people to join you to push that door open, right? And to just fling it open. That's when we need intercessors. That's when we need prayer of agreement. When you perceive there is a door the Lord has opened, but you get to the door, it's still not opening. I mean, you perceive in your heart, this is a door. This is a bless. This is what God wants to do. But there's something or someone behind the door using their body, you know, to just stop the door from opening. So you need some help in those instances. Hallelujah. Psalm 24 verse 9 says, lift up your head, you gates. Lift them up, you everlasting door. And the king of glory may come in. That's a language of warfare. That's a command to doors to open. Hallelujah. That's a command to doors to open. And I declare over your life, every ancient door, that some of us, we have doors that have been there for a very long time. It is not the will of God that you should be where you are. It is not the will of God. It is the enemy that is blocking those doors. And I command in the name of Jesus, every ancient door be open in the name of Jesus. Lift up your head, O you gates. Be lifted up every everlasting door so that the king of glory will come in in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So some doors remain closed because the enemy wants to close them. But there's another scenario. Some doors are closed because we don't see them. They don't look like a door. You know, I was in, when I traveled recently, I was touring a church. It was one of the largest churches in in Kigali. So we went to visit the church, you know, just to see the church, tour the church. So we were at the back office. We were just touring the offices area. And uh, then we, we came from the office into the stage, you know, just like entering into the sanctuary. So we came from the stage through a door. So we just walked into the door, and we looked at the sanctuary. Wow, big sanctuary. And we needed to return, and I looked back, and I couldn't find the door. Now, for some reason, the way they designed the stage, the door blended with the stage. All right? So, and they didn't have a knob there. So there's a way the architect designed it so neatly and nicely that I looked to just go back, and I couldn't find the door. You know, and the guy said, you know what, no, 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 we're not actually going through. We're going through somewhere else. But sometimes that's how life is. There was a door there. You know, if I didn't go through the place, I wouldn't have known there was a door there. But because I went through the place, I was sure there was a door there. I didn't appear magically on stage. I came through a door. (laughs) Hallelujah. So some doors in our lives, 
They are closed simply because we don't see them. They might actually be open. There's no lock there. They are open, but we don't see them. Thomas Edison Edison once famously says, opportunity is missed because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Because a lot of times when doors open, they don't look like doors. And so many people miss them. A lot of times when, when doors open to us, Jesus said, I came to you like a prisoner, right? I was in prison, you didn't, you didn't feed me. You didn't visit me. I was hungry, you didn't feed me. That's a door. I mean, to be able to really do something personally for Jesus. Isn't that a great opportunity? If any of us here learns today that Jesus would like to meet with you personally, and they gave you his room number and the hotel he is somewhere, you're going to just drop everything you are doing and you're going to go there because you can tell him all your needs, right? The problem is Jesus comes disguised. And that's how opportunities come in life. They come disguised. They come like a walk. In fact, a lot of times I found out that opportunities come to us like interruptions. You know, when God really does want to do, when God wants to give us opportunity, they come, they look like interruptions. They look like unwanted things. They look at things we don't need. They look like things that we, you know, we don't have time for. But there are opportunities in our lives, you know, that God will open. I'll share my story a little bit. About a few years ago, I really started feeling the Lord wants me to travel to speak. You know, this was given to me by prophecy. I have received it personally myself. I have word that you have an apostolic ministry, which is really to speak to leaders elsewhere in the world. And I remember a few years ago, one of our brothers here even really said the Lord spoke with him, me, him to do that. And he said, you know, I want you to come. I want you to go. I want you to travel. He said, I wanted you to come to Nigeria. Paid for it. Gave me, all, gave me the resources. You know, he said, I'm going to start. I'm going to give you $10,000. Wrote a check to travel. And I traveled. I, tra- I, used, I used that money, traveled a few times. But I couldn't really get to speak to leaders. You know, I, I got to speak but I couldn't really get to arrange the kind of thing that I felt the Lord put in my heart. You know, so that didn't really happen. You know, so I felt that was like a closed door in a way. I was able to speak, but not the kind of meeting I would love to do. Then, you know, then, you know I just said, you know what, when God opens the door, he will open the door. So I was sitting uh, about two years ago, a year, you know, I was sitting in my office, and somebody just walked in. But accidentally... So I just, the King Keep just came up. He, the guy went into the office. The King Keep came and he said, um, there's somebody that is, he came, to, uh, he came upstairs and he said, there's someone there waiting for you. He said, he's from Uganda. Do you know a pastor from Uganda? I said, I don't know a pastor from Uganda. The only thing I know about Uganda is he dare me. And which is true. That's the only, if they mention Uganda, I know he dare me. I don't know anything about Uganda. So he said, okay. There's a guy that is waiting, looking for you, and he came upstairs. Now, I was so busy. Came upstairs. He was dressed in a shirt. He's a pastor from Uganda. He was wearing a T-shirt, a shirt, and a flip-flop. And he walked in, you know, and I'm like, okay, pastor from Uganda. This doesn't look like a pastor. (laughs) And he said, oh, you know, I'm just passing by. You know, some pastor just mentioned that you're an African brother. You know, that I'm visiting a pastor here locally in Roselle, and we were driving by, and he said, the pastor of this church is an African guy, and I want to talk 
And I just wanted to stop by. Okay, okay, uh, welcome. God bless you. <laughs> How do you? St- God bless you. You know. Now I was busy. I had an appointment, and we had a little chat. And I said, Pastor, I would like you know just to really be nice. You know, I said, Pastor, I will. Will you mind if I take you for lunch tomorrow? You know, take you for lunch tomorrow. You know, so because I'm busy now, I won't really have the time of, that I need to give you. I'll take you for lunch tomorrow. He agreed, and we went to lunch. And after, you know, after we went to lunch, the next day we talked, you know, we exchanged, I gave him my book. It turned out to be the open door that the Lord was saying, this same person, you know. So he started inviting me, invited me, invited me a few times, I didn't go. The first year, I didn't go because I wasn't ready to go to Uganda. You remember, I wasn't ready to go to Uganda. But, you know, the following year, he invited me again over and over and over, and I went. And it turned out to be a major open door. I didn't even know the place he was invited. It was like 300 pastors from about seven countries who were there. I spoke for seven, I mean, for six days. And everybody said, you know what, this is, you need to come to our country. You need to come there. So I've been to five different East African nations because of that simple door. You see, what? It wasn't like a huge thing. It, it happened in a very, I could have really not attended to him. Now, when I went there and I was speaking, I spoke for like six days. The last day, he acknowledged, you see, when I met this pastor, I was looking like somebody that got lost. <laughs> I was wearing a flip-flop. I didn't tell that. That was the word is in my heart. I didn't know that was in his heart. I was wearing a flip-flop, I was wearing a shirt, I was, you know, I was so, I was sweaty, and he still welcomed me. He still honored me. They offered me water. They offered me this. You know, they offered me that. that was, that's really powerful. That was really moving. So sometimes doors, they don't come like this big opening that we expect. They don't come like that. You know, they are missed because they don't look like doors. Hallelujah. They don't. And in those instances, that's why we need to always pray that God should open our eyes of understanding. They need a different set of eye. You know, our eyes of flesh, we always miss God's door. You know, that's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Oftentimes when we walk by sight, we will miss doors. Many of us have missed opportunities that God sent our ways because they are not packaged correctly. You know, in our, in our own eyes. You've met, you miss the people that God has sent to you. You miss the opportunity that God has given to you. Maybe to serve. Some of you, God has called you to serve. Maybe some little thing in your mind, you say, I deserve better than that. You know, the prophet told a Naaman to go and shower in some river that is not like the nice river, you know, to get his miracle. The guy was had leprosy. And he said to himself, are there no better beaches that a prophet will ask me, a general in the army, to go and shower than here? Thank God he had a servant that was wise. He had a servant that said, you are leprous. You know that? <laughs> you are leprous. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just go and shower in that river. Go at night if you don't want people to see you. You know, there are times we really, really miss God opportunity. 
You know, God wants to test your faithfulness. He wants to test how nice you are. You know, sometimes we are just one or two connections from our, from our miracle and our blessings. Maybe the person is the person that will connect you to the person. And you cheat them like nobody. And you miss your door. So doors are closed because sometimes we don't see them. Number six, right? Some doors are closed because we don't have the key to open them. Because there are some doors that require keys. You know, some doors, you know, there's, I mean, most doors require key. And thank God we have Jesus that says, I have the key of David. Hallelujah. And he said, what I open, no one can shut. But I'm excited because Jesus even says something more profound. In Matthew 16, 19, I have given you the keys of the kingdom. He gives us keys. Keys provide access. Keys makes door, opening doors to be very, very easy, right? The most important, someone with the key is a powerful person, right? They open the door. If you don't have a key, it doesn't matter what you have. You know, if it is a door you're about to open, all you need is a key. It's not how loud you are. It's not how huge you are. It's not how tall you are. It's not whatever. All those things, they don't matter when you don't have a key to a door. And the Lord gives us key. The Holy Spirit is, you know, is giving that responsibility to hand up that key. I have given you the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom are revelations from God, instructions from God. They become door openers. You see, when we act, that's why as a child of God, you should always ask God what he's saying. You know, when he gives you a key, when he gives you an instructions, and you obey those instructions, instructions are keys to open doors to us. So some doors in our lives are closed simply because we don't have the key to open them, and we must ask God for the key. Amen. The seventh key, uh, Scenario is some doors are closed because we need others to open them. You know, just like in the physical. Some doors you have the key to, some doors you must knock, right? Because there's somebody on the other side that has to open the door. The key will not be given to you, right? Someone on the other side must open the door. When you visit someone, you know, you knock on the door, you ring on the bell, Someone comes in, once you hear that click, click at the back, you are relieved, right? You are happy because that means you are accepted. That means someone wants you in their space. You see, the space you are going now, where you are going in your career, where you are going in your relationship, where you are going in life, maybe you are a business person, maybe you are a career person trying to go into business, maybe in your finances, maybe it's investment, maybe it's things that you just believe God you know, you know, want to take you into. Maybe you are renting now, you're believing God to be a homeowner, maybe you want to become a real estate investor, you want whatever God, maybe it's in the spirit, maybe it's in the ministry. There's a space you're going, there are people there that will open that door for you. Hallelujah. Others need to open them. But we have a bigger person who has the all key, the master key. Jesus has the keys to all doors. Hallelujah. He has the key to all doors. And he can make others to open them. And that's why I, I love Luke 11:9. Ask, 
and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. There are sometimes what we need to do is knock. And, you know, this is, that's describing prayer. Prayer is our way of knocking some doors. Many of you, those some doors are closed because you are not knocking hard enough. You're not. You know, you give up. You give up. How many times has it happened to you that you go to someone's door, you knock, maybe they are sleeping. You knock, you knock. You know, maybe you are not patient, you know. You knock a little bit, then you walk away. And later you see them, I was in your house. I was home. I was in the bathroom. So I couldn't hear your knock. Oh, my God, I missed that. You know, sometimes in life we need to be patient enough to knock. Hallelujah. Even Jesus said, I love that passage. I believe it's... uh, is Revelation 3.20. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. Even Jesus, he knocks at the door of our heart. There are a lot of us, a number of us, you are not you know, doing the will of God because you are not opening the door of your heart to him. And he's knocking. Every other Sunday or so, you go to church or you go into some place, somebody's you know, talking to you, speaking to you about God, and you close the door. And how did Jesus say that? How did he describe that? He said, I stand at the door, right? And I knock. If anyone opens, I will come unto him, with him, and dine with him. I hope you are opening the door of your heart to Jesus. So some doors are closed because we need others to open them. The last scenario I'm going to give us is sometimes doors are open, but we are prevented from going in. And that's what Apostle Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. He said, there's a, a great door for effective work has opened to me. The door opened. But he said, I have a lot of adversaries. <laughs> I have a lot of opposition. You know, there are some times when doors open for you, and there are some people who stop you from entering to that door. You know, they knock you. They do whatever it is. To make sure you don't get into your door. We need to round up, but let's go to Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. I'll read it and we're going to pray because I want us to take a few minutes to pray. And I will just speak over your life and trust and agree with you in faith that doors will fling open this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this, I looked. This is uh, John writing now that he looked. And there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Oftentimes, for us to recognize those doors, we must look. The reason why many of us don't get to the next level is because we are not patient enough to look. We're not patient enough to be able to look. We're not good observants. We're not good at looking around. We're not good at studying our environment. We're not good at understanding. Many of us, there are doors that God has placed around you, ahead of you. I mean, God's plan for you is for you to go to the next level. God's plan for you is never to be stuck in a place. If you are stuck in a place, you've been there for a long time, you need to move to the next level. Your first thing is to look. You know, your first thing is to look. Now, if if you're looking, you're not seeing, then ask God to open your eyes. It's to look with a spiritual eyes. It's to look and be able to see. There are people in your life, there are places, there are people in your life that God has put there. Now, some of us, it's so bad that the people who have the key to our door, we see them as enemies. 
and we see people who are blocking our way as friends. It's a, it's a very serious phenomenon that I've seen. The people who are there who love you, who care for you, who are there to be midwives, to get to where you need to go in your life, in your relationship, those are the people you run away from. Those are the people you don't like. Those are the people you suspect. Those are the people you don't trust. Those are the people you just... Then you run towards people who have nothing to offer you. He said, after this, I look. I hope you're looking. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're looking. Many people don't look. Many people are not attentive. To look is to listen. To look is to listen attentively. You know, the Lord is always pointing us into the right direction, only if we look. said, after this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing in heaven. I want you to know that the door that God opens always leads to a higher level. You know, here he's saying heaven because it's a higher heaven. And I know, this is a revelation. So this, it took him to a higher level. If you look at the book of Revelation, it started from one degree of heaven to the next level of heaven. There was a door that took him there. He said there was a door standing open in heaven. And look at what happened next. And the voice, you know, the voice instructed. The voice, there was a witness. There's a strong witness. There's a voice from God that's saying, come up. Come up here. And I will show you what must take place. You see, that voice followed an open door and he said, come up. But you know what happened? He must step into that door. Must step into that door. The Holy Spirit doesn't push elites. Many of us, we feel God should push us. No, the Holy Spirit leads. But he leads us with a voice. And he's saying, you must come up. Hallelujah. I'd like us to pray. I'd like us to stand up. I'd like us to stand up. Hallelujah. I'd like us to stand up. Before I pray, I'd like us to pray for one another. I'd like us to hold our hands. Just hold someone. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Just hold someone. And I want you to just begin to speak over their lives. And declare every closed door to open. All right? Declare every closed door to open. Make sure you are praying for one person. Don't, don't pray for many people. I think I want us to be specific. Just hold one person. Hold one person, just one person. Just hold one person. There's always one person that you can hold. Hold one person and speak to them and say, Father, every closed door in the life of my brother and my sister, I prophesy, I declare, in the mighty name of Jesus, they must open. They must open. My brother must step into his next level. My sister must step into her next level. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command every door to open. Lord, I command every door to open. In the mighty name of Jesus, that door must open. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Before we go, I want you, I want you to tell that person. You don't need to tell you the detail. If the door is financial door, just say finances. If it's relationship, just say relationship. If it's career, just say career. If it's spiritual, just say spiritual. If it's ministry, just say ministry. If it's educational, just say education. If it, is, uh, if it has to do with your status, immigration status, just say status. You don't need to say more than that. 
But tell that person one door that you would like God to open today. You see, you know, you don't need to do a million doors. You know, sometimes there's just one door that's the key. And if I were you, I would choose the most important door. What's the most important door that if God opens to you today, for some of you, it's, it's a relationship. You need that person. Just tell that person that door. And you are, the person praying, you're going to tell each other, right? So you are going to pray the person, Lord, I command door of finances, door of relationship to open for my brother. I want us to say, just tell that person that door. Just one word. It doesn't have to be a million words. And begin to declare over their lives. Father, I declare, door must open. Doors of ministry must open. Doors of financial breakthrough must open. Doors of relationship breakthrough must open. Doors of business must open. Businesses. Doors of career advancement must open. For my brother, in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare, I prophesy, you must go to the next level. In the name of Jesus, you must go to the next level. That door must open for you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Can we lift up our hands? Father, I command every ancient door. Some of these doors were even closed by our forefathers. Some of us, the doors were closed long time ago before we came into the scene. Today, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, we flow through this place. And I command every ancient door that has blocked the blessing of your people, prevented them from being truly free, prevented them from truly becoming what you have called them to become. These are princes. These are princesses. These are people that you have great plans for. But doors, ancient doors, I've kept them. I command every ancient door, be lifted up now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, the doors that I refuse to open, I'm commanding the flood of the Holy Spirit. I'm commanding the flood, the power of God to destroy those doors. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every enemy standing behind your open door. Yeah, some of us, God has opened the door. The enemy is putting his weight behind that door. I command the power of God. I command the power of God, the flood of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to usher in and blow them away in the name of Jesus. Doors of finances, open now in Jesus' name. Doors of relationship, open now in Jesus' name. Doors of businesses, open now in Jesus' name. Doors of educational, educational door, open now in Jesus' name. Career advancement doors, open now in Jesus' name. Ministry doors, open now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. 
we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.